I want to share a message with you today, which um, God really, this first part in particular, God really spoke to me just uh, about a week and a half ago in my kitchen making poached eggs. I don't know why I'm telling you all that, but anyway, and I feel like uh, God really spoke something to me, which I need to pass on to you. Uh, The theme at the moment is about hope, huh? The thrill of hope. Why do we need hope? Because things don't always look right. Anybody else ever noticed that? It's like, yeah, I want to hope, but I look at my life and things just do not look right at the moment. And I was reading the story of Mary. And I'll read a little bit out of the Bible, if that's all right. This is from Luke 1. It says this, And the angel went to her, Mary, and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Don't know why, but anyway. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. I'll keep going. And he will be great and he'll be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. However, will this be? Mary asked the angel. Since I'm a virgin, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the son of God. That's good, huh? It's crazy, crazy how this happened. And then the story gets really funky. This is close to nine months later on, and Mary is very, very pregnant. And they sent out this thing, uh, a message. I don't know how they sent it out in those days. They had very, very old phones. And, and I'm assuming they were smartphones, I'm guessing. And, and they got a message, hey, we're doing a census. We need to tick off everybody. Um, and, and so we know how many people live in all these areas. And we need you to go back to the town you were born in. So Joseph's like, wow, Mary, we've got to do this. It was a five-day trip on a donkey to get from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Five days, right? Nine months pregnant, five days. You can imagine, I would hate to have been Joseph to have to break that to Mary. Honey, we've got to do a trip. It's on a donkey for five days. Anyway, so, so they get on the donkey and they travel for five days. I've actually been in Bethlehem on Christmas Day, which is strange. I've been there. It's actually cold. It gets really cold. So I can imagine the nights would have been really cold as well, dusty and dirty and all these other people heading back to Bethlehem. And she gets there and they get there. And because everyone else is there to do this census QR code thing, there is absolutely no room anywhere for anybody to stay. It's like trying to get a higher car in Surface Paradise this time of year. There is nothing, absolutely nowhere to stay. They're going knocking on door after door. And, you know, can you imagine how, I mean, you get stressed enough trying to book your accommodation for a holiday. It's like, oh, the price seems to go up while I'm on the website. You know what it's like. And the stress of it going from place to place to try and find a place to stay. They finally get to this last inn and they knock on the door. Kim, she's dirty, she's angry, she's tired, she's just to have, just about to have a baby. She knocks on this door of the inn and the guy opens the door and he goes, nah, we've got nowhere you can stay. Now, I think Mary's amazing, but if that was my wife, <laughs> I think there would have been a leaning across the counter and going, come here for a second, champion. Come here, can you let me have a little bit of a chat here? I've been five days on a donkey. Five days. I'm covered in dirt. I'm covered in sweat. 
I am not a happy woman. You see this? This is not bloating. This is a child. I am nine months pregnant and I'm about to have a baby. We need a room. And you imagine the guy behind the counter going, I've got a barn. You can imagine Mary going, I am not having a barn baby. This is the Son of God I've got on the inside, special delivery, and I am not having a barn baby tonight. I, I can imagine going through that. My wife probably would have said something a little bit similar tonight to that. I thought, what an incredible woman she was. You think about it. But some of you might be saying here tonight, and here's the thing this morning, you might be saying, but it was okay for Mary yeah, she had an angelic visitation. And that was because if you get an angelic visitation, then life's easy. You know it's going to come to pass. Can I say this here to you today? And this comes straight from my heart, that some of you have had prophecies over your life. You've had hands laid on you. You've got words spoken over your life. You read the Word of God and you get these things that hit you so hard about these dreams and about your future and about your gift. But just because the situation does not look right and the circumstances circumstance has taken too long that you've decided to give this thing up. And God did not tell you to quit this for one second. I'm telling you today, ladies and gentlemen, that you are having a barn baby. That's the way it is. I felt God spoke to me this today. And I'm going to say it. God sent me here today to revive dreams. I almost don't want to say it. I almost don't like doing it because you know it's on the inside. You know it's on the inside still, and you know you haven't given birth to this thing still. But the circumstances do not look right, and it's taken way too long. And now you're angry, and now you're broke, and now you're fed up, and now things just aren't working out right. And God has been saying to you, "I did not tell you to quit that. The circumstance does not look right." The time has taken too long, but I did not tell you to put that down. I did not tell you to walk away from this. So pick that thing back up again today. And I know it's hard and I know it makes you angry. <laughs> Turn to the person next to you and say, I think I'm having a barn baby, just really quick. <laughs> it's not pretty. It's not pretty. It's a messy affair having a barn baby. This came to me, making poached eggs, which is difficult because if you, if you go a few seconds over, they go hard. No one wants hard poached eggs, anybody? Yeah, you get them in a restaurant, you send them back, got to be soft. And I, was, and, I was, and I was having a right royal whinge to God. And I was going, mm, it's taking too long. I was thinking about some things in my life. I like to be as honest as I can with you. And I had a couple of dreams and one thing in particular, I'd... I'd Gone, well, that's not going to happen now. Anybody ever have that? Yeah, that's not going to come to pass. That's taking too long. Flick that. We're on that one, big man. That's not right. I was having this total poached egg whinge, <laughs> flicking the water over the top because it makes them cook quicker. And um, I was like, oh. And God showed me this. Boom. He goes, what about Mary? And I was like, what about Mary? There was no room at the inn. I felt like it was that clear. There was no room. And I was like, yeah, surely if it was God, there would have been room at the inn, right? Surely if it was God, that door would have opened. 
A hundred percent. If that was the call of God and she'd have really heard from God and this was really the Son of God, just to remind you, the most important event that's ever happened in the history of mankind. And that door that should have opened didn't open. And I don't know what dream you've got in your heart, but you've been saying to God, God, I thought I heard from you. I thought this was really from heaven. But that door that should have happened that time didn't open. So now I've let it go. You're going in the barn and you're having it in the barn. You're having it tired. You're having it angry. You're going to push through and you're going to give birth in a barn. I know it's messy. I know it's ugly. I know it's taking too long, but don't you dare give up now. You pick that thing back up again. I don't know who I'm speaking to this morning, but you pick that thing back up again. For some of you, it's a cat starting a cafe. For some, it's writing a book. I'm not going to go through a thousand things. You know what God's been speaking to you about. Um, some of you might look at me and I, I feel very blessed to be uh, watching television and so forth for over over 20 years now. Gee, it's, it's impossible, isn't it? It's like, how can it be? And no work done yet. But soon, you know what it's like when you get in the mirror and you go, I wouldn't, but if I did, I'd just, just, just that. But I wouldn't, but if I did. It's this neck. I swear, I say, I always say this on air. It's like your neck gives you 40 years for free and then it turns on you. And it just goes, what the neck happened is just going to, anyway. And so I, um, I had a dream. I came to, came to Australia. I'm originally from New Zealand. For those of you, I know a lot of you. Kiwis, a few Kiwis. A lot of Kiwis here. Yeah, nice. Yeah, there's a few. Yeah, there's five in Sydney. Isn't there? There's just none. I did that in Oxford Falls last week. How many Kiwis do we have in this church? And it was like, I think it was one. It's crazy. So anyway, so grew up in New Zealand. I came to Australia at the end of 1993, 94. I did, uh, I, I did um, creative arts, acting, and then I did Bible college. Had this weird combination of wanting to do ministry and television at the same time. Anyone ever have conflicting gifts, convicting dreams? Yeah, do them both. It'll work out. It's fine. I tell people this all the time. God knows what He's doing. He gives you two dreams for a reason. Flow with it. If it's you, you flow with it. You go with it. They just work. And, um, and so I'd finished doing Bible college and acting. I was like, God, God, this is what I want to do. I want to be in television. I want to do preaching. This is what I want to do. Nothing. Nothing from God. Prayed and prayed, saw God. But it was in here, man. It was in here. And I was like, God, what do I do? And then I... Um, I thought, well, what am I going to do for a job? So th- this is like 1996. So I got the Yellow Pages. For those of you under 40, the Yellow Pages is a large, thick book. The pages are actually coloured yellow and it has business information in it. I know my kids would be going, what? And uh, I looked up this place. When I was in New Zealand, I did a job as a, as a lead lighter. I made stained glass windows. You know what I mean? A lead lighter. So I found this lead light studio and I looked it up and I went there on a Friday and I called the guy and he said, we're actually looking for someone. And I was like, uh, great. And uh, I went there, talked to the guy, gave me a tour of the studio. And I thought, okay, cool. And he says, man, this is great. Can you start on Monday? And I'm like, yeah. Don't you hate it when your head says yeah and your spirit's going, mm-mm-mm. It's exhausting going after what you don't want. And if you feel dead inside at the moment, there's a good chance that you are pursuing things that you don't really want because you got something on the inside of you that is screaming for more. It's screaming for what's been put on the inside of you. 
And I got there on the Monday. I remember parking my car on the side of the road and I walked up this long shingle driveway and I got to the front door, made out of stained glass windows, funnily enough, and I knocked on the front door and the guy that interviewed me is walking to the front door to open it and on the inside of me, I had this, mm-mm. It was so clear. And I was like, God, you had all weekend to talk to me, mate. Now the guy's walking to me and I can see my future of the next 10 years working in this lead light studio and I'm going, oh, nah, nah, nah. And the guy got to the front. I thought, what am I going to do? He opened the door. He said, hey, Jamie. And I said, sorry. And I just ran. <laughs> I just ran. I ran. I got in my car. I jumped in my car and I started crying. And I was going, oh, <laughs> Someone say barn baby. Must have been easy getting into TV. <laughs> yeah, right. And then I took a job as a waiter. A couple of weeks later, there was a place called TVSN, Television Shopping Network. I'll do some work for them now. And, uh, they, uh, and they were advertising for presenters. And I was like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you that this door is going to fling open and I shall walk in on a red carpet and bless this network. And I sent in my CV, which was a ridiculous big plastic thing that had basically nothing in it because I'd never done television, sent it in to them and waited one week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. When it gets to a month and you haven't heard anything, it's, you know, it's awkward when you're applying for a job, right? And then I rang them and said, hi, I sent my, my, my CV in. Did you get it? And they said, no, nah, I don't think we even got it. And I was like, okay. And then he looks around and he goes, oh yeah, we did get it. You didn't get the job. And I was like, okay, thanks. I was like, God, How can that door be shut when I know I've heard from you and I've sought your face? How could this be possible? Went back to my job waitering. Six months later, same networks advertising for people to work backstage. The prerequisite was being able to lift and move things. And I thought, at least I could do that. I applied for that job with exactly the same CV and got the gig. This is in the olden days, by the way, when you, anyone knows, remember this? You had to actually send by mail your CV in. Yeah, yeah. I had to go and pick it up. It was too big for them to post back. So uh, it was huge. I got it back. And then I got a job backstage for two years. I would knock on the executive producer's door and say, do you want to let me have a go on TV? I think I'll be really good. And, and, and they were like, have you done it before? And I was like, no. I just kind of think I'll be good. God told me and my mum told me. And uh, no, I just, I didn't say that. But I just thought I'd be good on television. And they're like, no, you've never done it. You've never done it. I was like, ah, oh. this is two years. Would have been over two years later. And I was working at the backstage one day, just moving stuff around. One of the presenters came out. Her name was Vicky. And she was looking through a filing cabinet. If you're under 40, a filing cabinet's a big metal box. It's got information in it bits of paper. And, uh, and she's looking through this filing cabinet. And I said, can I help you with something? She goes, no, I've just been given the show. I don't know anything about it. It it's, starts in half an hour and the guest is not here. I have to do the whole show on my own. And I said, well, what, what? She, I said, what sort of show is it? And she said, you won't be able to help. I said, well, maybe I could, I don't know, do something. And she goes, I said, what sort of show is it? And she said, oh, it's a show on how to make lead light windows. And I was like, I said, I can do that. I said, I I know how to do that. I said, I I did that in New Zealand for like five years. And she goes, oh my gosh. I said, do you want me to give you a quick rundown on how to do it? And she goes, there's not enough time. Would you mind coming on TV with me? I was like, yes, I'd like that a lot. Thank you. So I went to my locker where I had my suit, which had been prepared for two years. 
got into it. <laughs> I did the show. It was just a short part of the show, about 20 minutes. I came off air and I never, never forget. And the executive producer who had been knocking on his door for years was standing there and he goes, that was pretty good, mate. And I said, oh, thanks. He goes, how about we get you to do more stuff? And I said, two years I've been telling. No, I didn't. <laughs> I said, yes, thank you. I love you. Thank you. Someone say barn baby. Just wrong. Way too long. Doors that should have opened didn't open and never opened. So we had to have it in the barn and go around that way. I don't know if you've got doors that are shut in front of you, but there is always a door that's open. There's always a call to make. There's always a door to knock on. There's always a class to do. There's always something. But don't you dare give up on this. Put this message together. Hey, hey, amen, hey. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> Putting this message together on hope. I was down at DY Beach in Sydney. Anyone know it? DY Beach. I, I sit down there by the pool there uh, with everyone else who's swimming in leathery. And I, uh, I sit there and they do. And they're a lovely bunch. And I sit there and I put messages together. And I've got to chat to a few people around there putting messages together because it's cool. And I had to put a message together on hope. And this. The scripture is, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul. And uh, I was like, yeah, God, that's great. Anchor for the soul because hope's a light, God. Hope's a light. Hope's everything's gonna work out. Everything's gonna work out all right. And I'm driving home from the beach going, thank you, God, because everything works out. And I felt like God go to me, anchor. And I was going, yeah, I get it, God. It's an anchor, but it's a light. And I felt like God go, anchor. And I was going, yeah, but hope's just a light shining. Everything, and it was like, boom, I swear. It was like a picture in front of me of this giant, big industrial swinging on the side of a battleship anchor, you know, slime and everything on it. And I was like, oh, hope's an anchor. And it immediately took me back to my days of growing up in New Zealand where one of our PE courses we did was sailing. You might say, how was it? It's just cold. And it was, um, it was, it was awful. And I remember once we're sailing from one part of this harbour to the other side and we were going to camp over there, which was even colder. And the teacher said, we believe the sailboat's here and we dropped the anchor. He said, do you know why we put the anchor in? And we were like, I don't know, sir. And he's like, we dropped the anchor because it stops us drifting. Hope is an anchor. I don't know if hope keeps us going, but I do know that hope stops us drifting. And as God showed me this picture of an anchor, I'm going, what? That's wrong. Because you spoke to all the heroes of faith, God, and you said, don't be afraid because everything's going to work out all right. That's what you said, God. I'm going to show you in the Bible. So I start going through Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Joshua, all these guys, even the minor prophets, you know, getting into Obadiah and Micah and tiny, tiny books I actually didn't know were there. And I'm going through all of this and I'm going, oh my gosh, every single time. It's never do not be afraid because everything's going to work out. Do you know what he says instead? He says, do not be afraid because I am with you. This hope, this positive expectancy of something good does not come from a light in the future that everything might be all right. It comes from the fact that the creator of the universe is still with you no matter what or how bad the circumstances are or how long it's taken. I am with you. And I was looking, I was going, what? But what about Jesus? 
Did he even have this situation? And it's amazing because I'm going to finish on this. Start of the story, Jesus' birth. Jesus is now 30 years old. Never done a miracle. Never done a miracle. Nothing supernatural has happened in his life. Can you imagine this? And then he gets baptized and and the, the Bible says the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness. And it says he led him into the wilderness full of the Holy Spirit, but came out of the wilderness in the power of the Holy Spirit. He went in full, came out in the power. Something happened, some transition happened on the inside of that wilderness situation. Anyone ever feel like you're there? This place where nothing seems to be happening, nothing supernatural at all. And I go, what happened? What was the transition that took place? And some people say, well, that's where he defeated the devil. He didn't. He didn't at all. He gave a, the devil, he went into the, the wilderness and the, the devil approached him and, and said, if you are the Son of God, shouldn't you be turning stone to bread? He had never done a miracle. Can you imagine it was in his head? It's like, if I, I'm who I say I am, right? I am, I got, yeah, I'm the Son of God. Can you imagine this? What was going on? And how incredible, how Gee, the devil gets him right on that thing. Shouldn't you be doing miracles by now if you are the Son of God? Shouldn't stuff be happening in your life if you really did hear from God? Shouldn't this door be opening in your life because you heard from God? Jesus' responses, I look at them and I go, they were average, Lord, at best. I've got to be honest. You know, no hard time here. But he, he, he goes, he's basically like, no, no, no. And he, and he speaks the Word of God. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. It was almost like Jesus was there. Ah, oh, man. <laughs> I just thought that. Maybe, I know he heard his father's voice. Maybe he heard his mother's voice as well. When she retold the story of his birth across the dinner table as he was growing up and telling him one thing you've always got to remember in your life, that not everything always looks right. Sometimes things will look wrong and the doors that you expect to open in time don't always open on time. And Jesus is there and the devil's in his face. 30 days it was, three temptations over and over again. If you are, shouldn't this be happening? And it was almost like Jesus refused to move on that. It was almost like He he was saying, if I never do a miracle, if I never raise the dead, if I never see anything happen, I don't care because I'm staying with my Father this whole time. Because if I know if I stay with Him, His plan for my life is going to come to pass. Bam! Walks out of the desert. In the power of the Holy Ghost. There's a decision to make in this time. When you're having a barn baby and things don't look right, that decision is to choose His presence over anything else. And I don't know where you dropped His presence, and I don't know when you let it go, but you got more fixated on it's not happening. And He keeps calling you back to His heart. He keeps calling you back to Him. and saying, hey, this is, the, this is the secret. This is the anchor. This is the hope that's going to get us through. You walk with me. You pick this back up and we're going to walk together in my presence. I'm out of time. 
It's not easy always. Face unlock. I was just reading a story before I came here. Can they give me another minute? An amazing guy called William Carey, and he um, he went to India like in the early 1700s, and he translated the Bible into 29 different languages and dialects in India. 29. And I go, what an incredible man. And then I read part of his story. He went there with his family who some died, some lost. And he had just finished translating the entire Old Testament into Hindi. And he had the printing press and all set up. And there was a fire from the printing press. <sighs> lost the whole thing. And he'd, and he'd lost his family. Some had passed away, some had walked out. And there was a bit, he says, and he was standing in the room where there was the fire. And he said, I don't think I can worship you right now, God, because this is too hard. But I'm going to stand here and I'm going to lift my hands. And if you can accept that as worship, please do. Because I know it's not easy to keep going. I know it's not easy when you go, I've left that, that's gone, and I failed. But I know we can do that. I know sometimes we look at the way it should have been and could have been and would have been, and it's hard to keep going. And I've had times like this, God, can't get it out of my mouth today. I can't get a praise you out of here today. But if I can just sit in my car maybe and just do this. I can stand in my room and do this. Please accept that as worship. My pastor, his name is Pastor Phil Pringle, and he um, he's a good guy. He was really honest once at a men's conference, and he said, do you know what? One prayer I pray, I think more than anything else when I don't feel like carrying on. And that's God, hold me when I don't want to be held. He said, I see the picture of it. it's like a two-year-old kid wanting to run across a road. And the kid wants to run, but his father knows that if he runs, he's going to get hurt. And he's like, God, hold me because I don't want you to hold me at the moment. I want to run. Hold me when I don't want to be held. Keep this dream alive in me when I want to let it go. Pick me up when I want to lay down and sleep. You might be here today and you don't know the Lord at all, at all, at all. I'd love to introduce you to Him this morning. He's pretty darn awesome. He created the heavens and the earth and did some other cool stuff on the way. I'd love to pray a prayer with you. And it's a prayer that invites Him into your life. Is it just a prayer? It's just a prayer that invites God into your life. Will there be a change? There'll be a change. Here's a warning. There's a change. And things will change from the inside out. Do I need to follow a set of? No. It'll be a change from the inside out. It's spiritual. It's different. It's a little weird. But it's the way God does stuff. And I want to pray this prayer with you this morning 
if you don't know the Lord at all. I also wanna pray for people too. This is not about dreams. This is about you and your salvation. If you feel you've fallen away from the Lord, maybe you grew up in a religious home. I did. And then I had 14 years away from God. And this morning you're saying, I've fallen away from the Lord. I wanna pray a prayer that invites the Lord into my life. I wanna recommit my life to God. I wanna include you in that prayer as well this morning. Is that all right? Let's do this. So every head bowed and every eye closed this morning. Because this, man, this is worth booking and cancelling <laughs> accommodation and running through all sorts of things and getting tests. <laughs> it's well worth it. Every head bowed and every eye closed. And I, I want you to do something real simple for me just before we pray this. I'm not going to ask you to come to the front or anything like this because this is your relationship with God. But what I want you to do really quickly, if that's you, you've never asked the Lord into your life and you're about to pray this or you've you've given your heart to God, but you've fallen away right here, right now. What I want you to do is to slip up your hand if you're about to pray this prayer and go, Jamie, that's me. Jamie, I'm praying that this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else saying, yeah, that's me. I'm coming back to you, Lord. Awesome. Awesome. Anyone else going, yeah, that's me. Awesome. Great. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm praying that this morning. Go on, Jamie, I'm praying that this morning. I'm recommitting my life to Christ. Beautiful. Anyone else saying, yeah, that's me. Or if you, thank you. If you've never prayed this prayer before, you grew up in a religious home. Thank you. And you're saying, yeah, that's me, Jamie. Pop your hand up and I'll see it. Yeah, yeah, that's me. That's me. That's me. Awesome. That's great. Anyone else growing up maybe a religious home and never prayed this prayer that invites the Lord into your life? Get ready because it's cool. Are you ready? I'm going to pray this and I want you to pray it after me. It's real simple. And it goes like this. Everybody pray this. Father in heaven, I ask Jesus into my life. I ask to be born again. Forgive me of my past. Thanks for my future. Fill me with your spirit today. Change me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, that's good. Yeah, give a round of applause. Anyone who's done that. If you didn't do that, slip your hand up, pray that. You thought, nah, Jamie, that feels a bit weird. I want you to do it when you get home or when you get in the car or when you get on your own. Or go to the beach, take the dog for a walk. I want you to start talking to Him again. I want to pray one more thing. I know, sorry, over time. Don't hate me. Came a long way. One more thing. And I want to pray for the people here today that have lost a dream, that have put it down, that have shrunk it. You know who you are. Yeah, you can't do that now. You might have time to do that. Sorry. I want to pray for you today. Young, old, middle, doesn't matter. I want to pray that prayer for you. Are you with me on that? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Lift your hands to heaven. Lift your hands to heaven where you're seated. You're going, that's me. That's me. Absolutely. Father, you see every hand up. Every hand up of a dream that's been put down, of a dream that's been given up on because it's taken too long and they got too angry and they got too broke and they got too fed up. Father, every hand you see, 
right now. In Jesus' Name, I want You to bother these people like crazy. I want You to open doors that they've never seen before and go, wow, that one was shut. I never knew that one was open the whole time. I want wisdom to visit them. Holy Spirit, tonight on their bed, wisdom, thoughts, ideas, new anointings, new power, freshness. This is the breath of the Holy Ghost. There's the Holy Ghost just breathing through here right now. There's a fresh breath of the Holy Ghost through here. That's beautiful right now. Oh, yeah, that's cool, huh? Feel that, feel that. You can smile with that. (laughs) You can smile with that. (laughs) I feel this. Just say this. Don't give up on me because I haven't given up on you. Don't give up on me, says the Lord. Because I haven't given up on you. My child, my child, my child. Oh, we worship. My God, my God, my God. Spirit. Let him breathe on you this morning. They're fresh. Just relax, will you? Relax in your soul. You didn't start this dream. It's a gift. Let him breathe on it afresh today. Thank you, Jesus. 